0: So I have a shocker for you. The vehicle that we use is actually life insurance. Okay. And usually when I say that, people are like, oh man, what is he talking about? Like, why would I choose to do that? And at the end of the day, the reason why is because it produces the stuff I talked about. We can create a very consistent return inside of those accounts built the right way, right? It has to be built the right way, but we can build a consistent return. It just naturally comes with those tax benefits that I mentioned, but then it is liquid. Like I can access it whenever I'm ready. And I turn around and I go out and invest with it. This is Building Passive Income
1: and Wealth Through Real Estate, where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, Managing Partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income producing apartment buildings. Hey, investors, welcome back to another episode of Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate. Today, I am sitting down with Rod. Now, Rod is co-founder at Money Insight, which is founded on the principle that off-the-shelf products and solutions often do not meet the needs of high-income earners. They're a strategic planning firm that works to create custom solutions for all their clients. So, Rod, we are really, really excited to have you here to talk money.
0: Thanks, Justin. I'm glad to be here.
1: I don't typically get into a lot of backgrounds or stories on this show. Anybody who's been listening for a while knows I like to usually get down to the nitty gritty, but I think the story of Money Insights is a little bit different. And I think it's a story that everybody should hear essentially why it got started, why the mission is so important, and why what people like us who are in this sort of financial planning, investing space, it makes things really important to us. Can you dive into that story just a little bit? Sure.
0: Yeah. And there are two prongs to it. And probably the one that's a little more powerful is my business partner, Christian. Growing up, his dad passed away when he was like 18 years old. And what happened was he kind of watched his mom be taken advantage of financially from people that she should have been able to trust. And he was a part of trying to unravel some of those things. And so it just, again, at a young age at basically like 20 years old or whatever, he's diving into the world of kind of finances and seeing the bad part of it, but also realizing there's got to be a good part to this as well. And so he got involved in the financial services industry and eventually we co-founded Money Insights with that drive to make a difference in people's life from a financial standpoint in a positive way, in a way that is totally transparent, totally comfortable for people. It really kind of dictates the culture of what Money Insights is. And that's
1: great because... You know, the story is so saddening because that's what happens a lot of times to these people. It's never too late to invest, but sometimes time passes by. And the thing about investing is everything you do compounds, right? Which is great, but it's also a negative because the more active you are, that compounds, the more you wait, that time also in a way kind of compounds against you. And he was forced and his family was forced to kind of come face to face with the downfalls of whatever their financial plans were. What were those? Do you know, were they conventional kind of retirement accounts? Was it different businesses that people were just kind of taking advantage of or what exactly, I don't want
0: to say went wrong, but what did they uncover, I guess? And I won't say I know all the details, but I do know that the pre-planning that had happened was good. So for example, there was life insurance. So there was this large benefit that was paid out, but she was faced with this lump sum of money, what am I going to do with this? So that it takes on the meaning that it was supposed to for myself and still had young kids at the time to moving forward to make it meaningful. And so she was trying to do the right thing, talking to people that she could use to invest that money. And again, it was people that she felt like she should have been able to trust. And it was different than what it had been represented to be. Yeah. And The industry, it's
1: tough in that way because so many people are not financially literate and they kind of rely on whomever it is, whatever the company or representative it is, that they have the best interest in mind. And it's so easy to set up an account, put up an auto pay or whatever the case may be, and then set it and forget it. Right? A lot of people like to invest that way and that's totally fine, but it has some of those pitfalls like we had mentioned. Tell us your thoughts on planning because I'm not saying that everybody's going to be in that scenario, but at some point, you know, the people who we work with and you work with tend to be a little bit higher income earners, or maybe they have this lump sum of money from some life event. They know they should do something with it, but they don't really know. They hear it all the time. You got to invest your money. Your money's got to work for you. All these anecdotes, but they're kind of at a standstill. What's the first step to really realizing what you should do with maybe a larger chunk of money, or if you're a high income earner And maybe you're now starting to make a lot of money through promotions or whatever the case may
0: be. What's the first step to kind of putting that money to good use? Yeah. The first thing that we point out to people is that traditional financial planning is broken. So the whole idea of retirement planning, if you set aside whatever, 6% of your income, you're going to get to a place where you can turn that into a stream of income to last the rest of your life. Does happen for some people, but it's just a broken premise. Like everything about it is not sound. And so we work with a lot of people like yourself, and I'm sure your listeners who uh, take an alternate approach to that. This idea of passive investing, creating streams of income that right now I'm going to roll that back into additional investments, but eventually those streams of income are going to take care of me when yeah. I get to quote unquote retirement. People in our world think of retirement differently than I think most of America, but that's the idea is that there's a better path to getting there. And so what Money Insights is, is we're building strategies and systems around that, that make that better, like additional layers of profitability and whatnot for real estate investors or business owners or yeah. whatever, right? Crypto or wherever they're investing, we're just making that better for them.
1: So I guess what's broken about it, because that is like the first big hurdle that when Mm -hmm. people eventually make their way to a guy like you or a company like ours, that's kind of the first step is there's this hard shell that has to be broken Um, of I'm a diehard disagree with the conventional retirement. And I don't want to influence mm -hmm. your answer too much. But every time I see anybody who is an investment mindset, you go on social media, you'll see these influencers, right? If you just invest... 400 bucks a month since you were 12 for 55 yeah. years when you retire you'll have 5 million you know like wow what a boring way to live in my <laughs> opinion right i mean it's just so crazy i have to sacrifice x amount of dollars every month forever essentially hope i make it that long and then hope i don't outlast my money again in my opinion that's just not a great way to live life and be set up i think a lot of people are getting away from that Lump sum of money retirement mindset and sort of that Mm -hmm. cash flow mindset. So, is that similar to what you were saying when you're
0: saying it's broken? Yeah. Well, the 400 bucks a month isn't going to get you to the 5 million, right? Let's just start there. (laughs) Uh, And then for a long time, they had this 4% rule. When you get there and you have this lump sum, you're ready to retire, you can live off of 4% of what you built up this nest egg. Well, first of all, that broke. And so they no longer use the 4% rule. Most of the advisors may say something like 3% now. Well, just think about this. If I'm a 500 grand a year type of earner and I feel like, okay, but when I retire, I could live off of 300 grand a year. Well, do the math on that. 300 grand, if I need to replace my income and I can only take 3% of my nest egg, that's 10 million bucks. Jeez. I have to have 10 million invested somewhere earning a decent return, not an amazing return, but a decent return on a consistent basis. And that, hopefully will last the rest of my life. Even at the 3%, there's still like a 12% yeah. chance or something that it's not going to work. So just think about the math by itself. Because again, the 500,000 a year earner building up that 10 million, well, let's say they're setting aside, call it 25%, 30% a year. Well, that's still, who knows, 20 years of saving at that level and getting a decent return Yeah, compounded, like you said. <laughs> but most of the people that we work with maybe they're doctors or something and they didn't get started in their career till their mid thirties or something, right? They're working backwards.
1: That's another big one because time in market for a lot of these strategies is so important. And so you're there, you're 45 years old saying, Hey, you know, I messed up or, Hey, I just didn't have the money before. Now I'm ready. Well, you told me I had to start when I was 18 and put in 500 bucks a month. And now what do I do? And so I guess, how did it get to that point? Because those struggles they've always been there. If you walk that math backwards, like you said, regardless mm-hmm. of like inflation and salary changes, it's always been pretty difficult to build that. And it was always like a 40 or 50 year journey to build up that portfolio. So you could retire when you're what 65 or 70, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So why do a lot of people have that mindset still? Like, why are we as a society still so enrooted in that strategy?
0: Yeah. It's a great question. Well, there was a shift and it was Probably you wouldn't call it a subtle shift, but I think as far as the mindset is related, it was subtle up until the seventies and early eighties, you worked for a company for your entire career. You built up a pension, you retired, and you got a check from them every month for the rest of your life, no matter how long you lived. Well, then the 401k was born and they basically said, we're going to shift the burden from the company and move that to you as an individual. So you decide how much you want to set aside. It's up to you. And again, the premise maybe sounded good because, hey, it's more in your hands. You get to make those decisions. You're not just relying on someone else out there making this happen for you. But then the subtlety of that shift was that people, they were used to this idea of having this monthly income for the rest of my life because that's what mom and dad had. But now it's up to me. I have to build that. I have to build the asset that's going to support that monthly income for the rest of my life. And so it became this mountain that all of a sudden was out there that we have to climb. And we just didn't know the magnitude of the mountain that we have to climb.
1: Yeah. And it's so new. It's so new, these investment strategies. We think maybe just because our parents did it or they heard of it, that they have been around forever. But if you think about pensions really lasted about one generation, that's it. And they made the switch. And even 401ks and the IRAs, Those are, I think, 30 or 40 years old. I don't remember. I read it in a book, but essentially in their infancy stages. And one of the worst things that can happen is you kind of bank on the system, the system of the 401ks or the IRAs. Next thing you know, 40 years have gone by. You're ready to cash in your check and you have to make extraordinarily tough life decisions or anticipate you won't live that long to keep the lifestyle that you have. So yeah. tough conversations to have, kind of amongst yourself. So, what I guess do you guys see as that alternative? Now, I know a lot of financial plans are very custom, so different answer for every single person out there. I mean, for us, of course, it's real estate. I see real mm-hmm. estate as not the end all be all, of course, but it just makes practical sense. It's historically has it made sense. I get the business a lot, and that has yeah. passive income. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, Rod, I have $500,000 from this thing. I want to set myself up to have a good life in the next 20 years or so. Is it real estate? Is it crypto? Is it a mix of Great question. Or what are you seeing as
0: generally being like, hey, a lot of people will benefit mostly from X, Y, and Z? Okay. So here's the way I'll answer that question. First of all, the way that we advise our clients is not as much you should invest in this or you should invest in that. Usually what happens is they'll come to us and they're already investing. And yeah. so if I had to break it out, I would say 90 plus percent of our clients are investing in real estate in some form. Either they own it themselves or they're investing in a syndication or something like that. Or we work with a lot of business owners or people investing in crypto or yeah. hard money lenders or whatever. Right? Lots of different ways that people are out there. are doing really cool things. And what we're doing is we're saying, hey, you keep doing those things but we're going to make it better. And one of the primary ways that we do that. So, think about let's take the real estate investor, for example. Yeah. What we often see is you build up a chunk of cash and you take that money, you go out and invest it, create some cash flow, flow that back into your world, build it back up and go do it again. That's kind of the flow. So, then the question is well, what are you doing with that money between deals or even before you got that first deal? Where did you build that up? For most people, that's in a savings account or a money market account sure. or something like that a couple of problems. Number one, it's not doing anything for you while it's in between deals, right? You pick it because of the safety and the liquidity. You don't want to lose the money and you need it ready to go when you're ready to move with it, but you just don't earn anything with it. And so it does two things. Number one, it just kills people because they're not earning anything. But then number two, as a result of that, we have people admitting to us that they made maybe unwise choices in what they invested in because they maybe rushed into something Mm because just the idea of that money sitting there was (laughs) too much for them to handle. They're like, I got to get this working for me. And so maybe they jumped in too soon with something or just made maybe less optimal decisions in their investing than they maybe otherwise would have if they could have felt like they could be more patient. So then the question is, well, what if we could show you a place where you can put that money where it earns a consistent return of the long-term about 5%, Mm -hmm. that growth is tax-free but you still have all the access to it. And it's a very safe account. We call it the investment optimizer. And so that's the majority of the business that we do is with this, working with active investors to, we call it adding another layer of profitability to the investing that you're already and will be doing.
1: Got it. So it's sort of a bank account that we're going to put in our mind. Let's say we have $100,000. We're waiting for the next, just let's say syndication deal to come up. Sure. And it might be six months from now till I find one I like or whatever the case may be. Well, for a lot of us, that six months, all I can see is my hundred thousand dollars getting eaten away two percent a year in that account. So I would come to someone like you and say, Hey, I have this hundred thousand. I'm going to need it relatively soon. I hope I need it at a drop of a dime. And I just need somewhere to kind of park it for right now. Is that an overly simplified method of what you guys offer and do? Yes.
0: And I would say maybe one. Nugget that I would add to that is it's not always just that one time, 100 grand or whatever, but it's an ongoing problem or a kind of perpetuating problem. And just not that there's a problem in the way the person's investing, but just this inefficiency in the system of the, as the money flows in and out of those deals. And so we're adding a kind of a long term solution to a long term problem. What makes you able to
1: offer it liquid? versus yeah. other people will put their money in like a CD or something like that for like 10 yeah. years to get 2% and they get <laughs> Right. You know, what about what you do
0: makes the model work that you can have it be liquid? Okay. So I have a shocker for you. The vehicle that we use is actually life insurance. Okay. And usually when I say that people are like, oh man, what is he talking about? Like, why would I choose to do that? And at the end of the day, the reason why is because it produces the stuff I talked about. We can create a very consistent return inside of those accounts. Built the right way, right? It has to be built the right way, but we can build a consistent return. It just naturally comes with those tax benefits that I mentioned, but then it is liquid. Like I can access it whenever I'm ready and I turn around and I go out and invest with it. And so, so what, what does
1: that mean? So if the vehicle is life insurance, are you on the back end a life insurance policy underwriter? Do you pay out life insurance? Is the life insurance policy yeah, great question. on the investor themselves? I'll explain that a little bit more.
0: Yes, it's usually the investor themselves or maybe a family member, wherever they want the insurance is great. We don't have a strong opinion on that because the point is what we want to do is get that policy in place and be funneling money into it that ultimately is going to end up in the investments. But we put it here first. What happens is every time I put money into it, the bucket gets bigger. The size of the bucket that's there that's earning and growing and compounding gets bigger. And then when I access it, I'm not actually taking my money out. I'm actually taking a loan using this policy cash value as as collateral against that loan. And then I go out and invest with that. So in other words, my bucket stays there and continues to grow whether I loan against it or not, but I might as well take the money, go and loan and and then go out and again, do the investing that I was going to do anyway.
1: And there's a word for it. I don't remember what it's called now, but people do this with their life insurance policies. A lot of times with hard money lending right? I mean, they'll take the money out, give it to some flippers, replace it in six months, and they have the interest. So this is a pretty common strategy that a lot of people use in other realms, but specifically in real estate, I've heard it a couple of times. And so is there interest taking out? Because some people where they make the money in this strategy is through arbitrage, I mean, they're taking money out on one side, they're paying whatever, 3%, but they're private money lending it for nine. So of course they're making six. Is that a similar setup here?
0: Yes. And the term you might be thinking of is infinite banking. That's a common term out there. And I'll just differentiate ourselves a little bit from that. In the infinite banking world, they talk about using loans for a lot of things, buying your cars, going on your vacations. With the investment optimizer, we are laser focused on using this for investing. Like let's do it in a way that creates value in our world. And so the whole strategy is just optimized to that. Yeah.
1: I remember when I heard about infinite banking is what I heard it be called as well. Yep. It was one of those crazy things. Like, just like when I heard about real estate syndication, I was like, why don't people just know about this? Yeah. I mean, there's so many options with it. There's arbitrage. You could double dip in different areas and really optimize what you have. I mean, you don't have to be a huge income earner and continue to feed it. It's sure. great if you do. But you don't have to, you can still kind of double dip into those realms. So it's really, really important to look into those things. And like you said, hey, you're doing it for the specific purpose of taking that money and leveraging it to go into other assets or other cryptos or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that's exactly right. Got it. I mean, it's so much information there. I don't want to overwhelm listeners because we can get into the infinite banking. There's so many avenues. It can be a very confusing topic, even for people who are fairly financially literate. So I want listeners to have the chance to really get the quality information from you. How can people get a hold of you and who should maybe reach out?
0: Yeah. Great question. So best way to find us, we have our website, moneyinsights.net we're very education oriented. We have a lot of great content. You get on there, take a look at our videos. We have what we call the F3 assessment. You can jump in and kind of see where you are on your trip to financial freedom. But again, we want to just help people understand, not just understand enough to make a decision on it. Like, should I do this or shouldn't I, but to really incorporate it into their world. Like, what does that look like if I have this policy and I'm using it with my investing soup to nuts, we're going to help you understand what it means to do that, and then when we do business with people, it's a long-term relationship. We stay with our clients as they're actually using it.
1: We're going to put the website in the show notes, and I was on that website earlier. Tons and tons of information. You got blogs, you got videos, you got podcasts as well. So the right. podcast are up there. So the That's best that. thing you could really do is get educated. So let's just head to the show notes. We're going to put all those links in there for you. While you're there, if you haven't already, of course, make sure you download our free ebook, the definitive guide. To building generational wealth and passive cash flow through multifamily real estate. Rod, thank you so much for coming on the show and educating listeners for a little bit. Thanks for having me, Justin. It's been great.